Welcome back, folks, to Two Brits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a complicated man, and a man who'll admit he's wrong, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Anglian Elliot Friedman, and the leader of Hockey Human Resources, Will Everett. Will, how are you? I'm I'm very well, thanks, Dan. I'm very well. The um the the issue with your comparison to Elliot Friedman, which I'm sure <laughs> is purely based on alliteration. One of the many issues is my complete lack of experience with the NBA. And uh, as many people know, that's basically where all of Elliot's experience comes from. Did so, he used to work uh, for the NBA? I, I didn't know that. I, word on the grapevine. He never right. talks about it. But no, he's never mentioned I it. No. I was looking on his okay. Wikipedia page the other day. And it did say a brief right. internship um, <laughs> covering yeah. the M- NBA. Honestly, now, I can't remember where that nickname came from. Just, I want to uh, say it was it, you. It just, you said something off, maybe, I want to say you said something from Twitter or something, like you broke something on Twitter as we were doing the show or something, and it just came from there. But yeah, I cannot Bro- remember where that came breaking from. Breaking other no. people's breaking news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking everyone else's news, not my own news. Oh, I, find it, um, I find it weird that some, especially broadcasters, like say like studio hosts or whatever, aren't strictly hockey people first. Like it's not it's not really weird, but every now and again when you when you find out someone someone is more more of a background in like American football or whatever and, and shit like that. It's just a bit odd. That's true. I'm trying to think if it happens over here, but I guess it does, doesn't it? Oh, you probably I get was... it for like the, the secondary sports, but not for footy, because everyone loves footy, don't they? Yeah, that's what I was trying that's what I was thinking then. Was there somebody from a secondary sport who has done other things? And they definitely have. Mate, you, yeah, you know what we need when uh, when Gary Lineker hangs him up, hangs his lack of trousers up. We uh, we need Sue Barker on match of the day, don't we? <laughs> I was going to say get ever? somebody, yeah, get somebody from horse racing or something like that to do match of the day. Frankie <laughs> to Tory. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, ah, what a goal! Um, <laughs> allegedly. Oh yeah, allegedly. Sorry, sorry. Just, uh, stuffy nose from Frankie there. Yeah. I speaking of stuffy noses, I am battling through a cold, but I will plough on. As as men are aware, me having a cold means I am the most ill a human being has ever been in the history of the planet. So I'm doing this for you, folks. It's a bit debilitating having a cold, though, isn't it? It's like it's one of those ones where you're not really you're not ill enough to lay around on the bed and and fully give yourself into the illness, but it's still just enough of an inconvenience that it's worth moaning about, really, isn't it? I suppose. I'm much better with, if I, I don't know, if I nailed a nail through my hand or something, I feel like I could just shake it off. Whereas a cold, I'm just like, oh, nobody talked to me. <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. I'm just terrible with anything like that. I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to I'd want to nail a nail through my hand, but I, I know what you mean. Like a bit of pain yeah. is, is easier to deal with than the intrusion of, of your sinuses being all blocked up and all that. Yeah, just feeling groggy is just the worst. So I do have a question for you, Will. As a man, yeah, I do. As a as a man who, in a former life, I used to work in financial services. Elliot mentioned a question came in on Thirty One Thoughts of podcast last week, and if nothing else, I am a man who likes to steal other people's questions and ideas. (laughs) But I have thought this before: is that should teams who are based in, should we say, a tax haven or a place with tax benefits, and somehow get their cap changed to to rectify that? The new NHL team that's uh, about to expand to Monaco. Know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the team from the Swiss Hockey League. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so Tampa Bay, 
yeah, Tampa Bay, Nashville, Dallas, Vegas, around, you know, they, they all have sort of tax breaks. So it's it's usually said that they're more attractive to sign for if you're just kind of thinking about money. But what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I I get the idea and it would be nice to sort of level the playing field in, in that way. I don't necessarily think that free agents do put that much stock into it. Like I say, take the Panthers, for example, you know, Excuse me, if, if Eric Carlson hits uh, the open market this summer, he's not necessarily going to go straight to the Panthers just because he can earn more money or have more take-home, rather. But I think, to an extent, for for a system like a salary cap, which is purely installed to to enable more sort of a, a more even playing field between the teams, to then fundamentally not provide an even, even playing field is something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I agree with that completely. That's That's the reason of having the cap in the first place. It's the top teams just loading up on all the best players. And if you can't, even even minute things, even if the tax, because I'm not aware of the state tax for every single NHL team, but if the difference is 10% here or there, it can make a difference if you can add a little bit more money to a player's purse, you know, in the uh, when it's all said and done. Definitely. If we're, t- if we're talking like, you know, 10%, that's like, that can be 500 grand for a middling player, for a, for a top player, that could be like a million dollars a year sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just crazy. I I thought I had a really simple solution to it until I realised that I didn't. So I'm glad that I haven't mugged myself off. But the idea <laughs> I had, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you can't say that. You got to tell us. Go on. Oh no, the idea was to um, basically do all the maths, sort of backstage, if you will, and yeah. release contracts as take home pay contracts, and then do the salary cap flat at whatever it would be 80 million let's say and then that's based on the take home of, of the oh contracts. okay okay yeah I so that. you know say say you've got a 20 percent tax in a city and um you know kucherov's gonna get 10 million dollars that's actually an 8 million dollar contract after tax yeah yeah and then you pl- apply that to the cap the um the issue which i realized moments before recording dan so i'm very glad that i did um <laughs> is that i don't know if you're aware but players actually change team um, during the course of a contract, either they voluntarily or in, in, involuntarily. That is right. Which is do. loopy, absolutely loopy. And I'm throwing a bit of a spanner in my works, in the works for my plan. So, um, yeah, what? It, yeah, it means fluctuating cap hits, which would be quite interesting, and could could add another, you know, funny little quirk to the salary cap. But I don't think it necessarily solves the issue. No, I feel it's more players at the end of their contract would look at this kind of thing. At the end of their playing career would look at this kind of thing. So if they're thinking, oh, where can I go for two years to make a bit of extra cash? Maybe someone who's already won the cup or someone who just knows they've then ne- they've never got a chance. I think they would then think, you know what, I'll just go to Florida or, you know, if, if for some reason Vegas are rubbish at this time, I'll just go to Vegas and at least I'll get a bit more money out of it. I'm not really bothered. I wonder if that affects players like lower in the pecking order as far as um, earnings are. So say say you're on a league minimum contract and it's like a forty percent tax income tax in one state. So yeah, your six hundred fifty k soon becomes four hundred k, give or take. Yeah, and then you go to one of these tax haven states and it's only ten percent, and your six fifty k is six hundred k effectively. That's a much bit bigger difference than. Well, not a much bigger difference, but you know, it can have more of an effect on you than you know an eight million contract turning into a five million contract or a six million dollar contract. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you think that, but I think I think whatever you earn, if you realise 
you can take home, even if it's an extra hundred grand a year as a professional. You're, if, we're, if we're looking at a purely financial side, no, of it. not quote unquote little. I don't think if, it, if we're splitting hundred hundred grand here or there, that's not having an effect on the player's decision. I don't think. No, but I'm thinking if they're looking at it from a purely financial standpoint at the end of their career, if I said to you, you can go here and it'll cost you only a hundred grand in taxes, or you can go there and it costs you two fifty. You'd be like, well, why would I take the? Why would I do the two fifty? I'll take, you know, I'd like to only get charged a hundred. Yeah, but there's there's more to it in in your job and anyone's job. Like as much as more money is always nice, there are other factors to take into it. And and as hockey players have shown time and time again, they they're into it for more than just the money, or at least the majority are. They want a good team to be around them. They want the chance of victory. They want good teammates, a nice city, this, that, and the other. All the same things that we really want in our jobs. The only difference is their pay is a lot bigger. People care more that we they do their jobs, and um, it's a bit more fun, I'd imagine, for the majority of them. No, I agree. Yeah, I do agree. I agree. I agree with that. But if you're, I don't know. God, apologies for coughing as well, people. My throat is actually on fire. I have a cold. Oh, probably. Uh... <coughs> Excuse me. If you're at the end of your contract, if you're say thirty-five, thirty-six, and you've got three teams offering you deals, and they're all bad teams, then I'll yeah, I'll, I'll take the money. Obviously, I'd, I'd much rather take the money. Well, yeah, if, if if it's all the same, but then say say the bad teams are, you know, ones in the bloody Yukon, ones in in California, <laughs> and uh, and ones in in a swamp. Like, which one are you going to go for? We're it's about gonna, to there's the always going to yeah deep in the swamp, deep in the swamp. Deep You're in gonna the... be sharing a bunk with uh, with Shrek. Ah, oh, damn it! Yeah, that might be a bit. That might be a bit bad. If I'm um, if I'm stuck in the film Deliverance, then yeah. I guess I'd rather go and play in California and get the sun and the sand. There's always more to it. There's always more to it. But to, to the original point, I don't know how we'd do it, Dan. I don't know how we'd <laughs> make yeah. a salary cap more fair. And maybe that's why the salary cap is is how it is. <laughs> because smarter people than you or I have spent a lot of time thinking about it and haven't found a better solution. It's a fantastic point to end on in the fact that we have no answer. So should we start the show? <laughs> Probably better do, really. that time of the week it is a smooth recap relationship news starts us off the florida panthers don't need to worry about any of their roster finding love or even action in the club they have a fabulous one of their own on the books who also helps his teammates on the ice as sasha barkoff recalls the first five assist game in panthers history minnesota wild have done the unthinkable and bucked an nhl trend by becoming the first team to record a regulation shutout against the tampa bay lightning this season trust the wild to set a very boring record bing bong ladies and gentlemen the flight boarding now at gate 69 is air canada to somewhere hot and sunny as the ottawa senators are the first team to be eliminated from playoff contention get packing boys you're going on summer vacation in news which nobody knew was new newsworthy news, Mark Stone has put pen to paper on his newly printed contract with the not-so-new Vegas Golden Knights. 
like a disgruntled music owner from the 80s, records are flying out of the window in Tampa, as Nikita Kucherov, who still has time left, tallies the most points ever for a Lightning player in a season, as he passes Vincent Cavalier. The Ducks are finally finding some offence after putting eight goals against the Le Canadien. Those eight, eight tallies counted for 5% of their total goals scored this year. Forrest Gump ran through our hearts and made me cry. Boys to Men sang I'll Make Love to You and made me uncomfortable. And Courtney Love decided to have Kurt Cobain murdered, allegedly, which made me angry. All these things happened in 1994, which is the last time the Hurricanes slash Whalers beat the abs on the road. In what I can only imagine to be an homage to Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane, Carey Price masterfully mimicked Daniel Sprong's goal celebration after denying the Dutchman's breakaway. Maybe this Canadian has a little brewing in him, in him after all. Rumours of players always being unfaithful kind of confirm this week, as Evgeny Malkin uses 110 different players to reach 1,000 points. That's disgusting. The Arizona Coyotes currently hold a wildcard position in the Western Conference. The Yotes also haven't lost two in a row in over a month. Watch out. And that was your smooth recap. Dude, Nikita Kucherov. The fuck? Oh, he's taking a piss, isn't he? It's fucking ridiculous. It's, ri- it's, really <coughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think Patrick Kane's on. If you get if Patrick Kane gets two points tonight, he'll have a hundred for the year as well. That's crazy, isn't it? It feels so. I mean, there's there's just over ten games left, but it still feels so early in the season for that. I know. Did you, did you see the the points per game comparison for Kudrov the other day? Uh, no, I didn't. What was that? So he's got the second highest points per game currently, or at the time that I saw it, it might have changed by then, had the highest points per game total uh, in a season since Crosby in, I think, 11-12, but the problem was Crosby only played 48 games that year. Crosby had a 1.7 PPG and Kucherov was sitting 1.69, which is just oh, God. insanity, absolute <laughs> insanity. What's he making next year? Nine and a half million? Whatever oh, it is, it's... Yeah, whatever it is, it's not enough. He needs a new agent. He should be getting 13 at least. <laughs> well, you think, God. like, when you look back at, like, career earnings, I think it'll be interesting, like, because if he carries on this torrid scoring pace and goes down as arguably one, like, without a doubt, one of the best Russians to ever play the game, it's a full stop, one of, the, one of the best players to play the game, and then he's going to have earned, like, significantly less than, like, Milan Lucic throughout his career. It's beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? We're back on James Neal, aren't we? I mean, a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Who's winning the cup for you this week? Uh, there's only one person who's winning the cup for me this week. Um, it's a man who, who needs a bit more recognition around the hockey world this year, I think. He's uh, he's you know, he's just not getting, not getting his due props. And that's Ben Bishop, because he's having a stellar, stellar season so far. And specifically his March. He's got three shutouts in a row. He's got some absurd save percentage. He's conceded 0.25 goals per game in March. He's just taking a piss at this point. Dude, you're such a homer. It's all stars, stars, stars. Fucking hell, we'll give it a rest, all it It's the only God. thing I actually know about hockey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is that long con you're on again. Well, yeah, yeah so... long con is, is long by, by name there, Dan. Yeah, I saw, I saw he'd got his third shot out in a row today. And is it true, Will, that... 
essentially your goaltending is what's keeping you alive in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, that's the hope. That is yeah. the hope because it sure as hell isn't going to be any any sort of offense or secondary scoring or any of that nonsense because it just don't exist. Winning cup for me. I've got a team sneakily. I've got the San Jose Sharks winning the cup. Sneaky for for the team that acquired uh, Eric Carlson in the off season. Sneaky. Here's a th- here's a thing. All right, they're first in the in the Western Conference now, and sneakily and more telling, as of recording, they're the second best team in hockey, which on, is mate. not it's kind of impressive, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea until I looked at the standings today. So holy shit, San Jose, the second best team in hockey right now, and they could be. And it's the cliche: Are they peaking at the right time? Ooh. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's happened before, Dan. It's happened before. I think with uh, with with losing track of all these teams, I think um, we need to scale back to an original six kind of kind of league. It's just going to be a bit easier to uh, to keep track of everyone, really, isn't it? Yeah, a bit like college sports. Let's just have like seventeen divisions of five teams each. No, that's then... that's not enough to play each other. I'm talking about. <laughs> quite, no, no, but they never. Upset. No, no, but you just focus on your league. You don't pay attention to all the leagues. So in like college sports, you you only care about your little league and that's it. Yeah, I don't know. It still sounds a, a bit messy, if you ask me. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, Sharks. And a lot, at the start of the year, a lot of people pit Lightning Sharks for the Cup. And we are on the way to that right now. With oh, essentially yeah. the best the best two teams in the league. I think you've got three solid options coming out of the West to face, we assume, the Lightning. You know, out of Winnipeg, Nashville and... Um, and the aforementioned sharks. If any of those get out of get out of the West, that's going to be a fantastic representation for the uh, for the final. The only thing that concerns me with San Jose, and I got you got to throw in Calgary as well. Do, Johnny Gaudreau, really yeah, don't... Johnny Gaudreau had a six point six point night last night, didn't he? Yeah, he did. he's yeah, but they're just not quite as interesting as the other three, really, are they? I don't think I don't think they're as good. Full I think the thing with I think the thing with Calgary and San Jose is that can their goalies get hot? Is that yeah, there's that's... been questions all year about Calgary. There's questions all the time about Martin Jones. <clears throat> so... But then who? Go on. Who would you take? Oh, excuse me. You know, side by side, goaltending equal. Who would you take? The the Shark squad or the Flames squad? Oh, Sharks. Yeah. I take I take Martin Jones over Mike Smith or Dave Rick any day. But I've got a soft spot for Dave Rick, but yeah, he's not. But I was gonna uh, yes, I was gonna say big save Dave at periods this year. Has been incredibly hot, so we've seen in the past, like when when Martin Jones has it on, he's a stellar goaltender. So that's the thing. I think he has a higher ceiling out of out of the three. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Who's getting relegated? There's only one person that deserves getting relegated this week, Dan. Uh, as much as it pains me to say, this this man's time has been and gone, and he um, clearly can't play the game quite as well as he used to. It's um it's a great one. Wayne Gretzky's getting relegated today. Ah, it's um, a shame. For his complete lack of aforementioned game and uh, inability to uh, get his wife to give him a kiss. <laughs> so, really, I, sh- I should have had Janet Gretzky winning the cup for, uh, for <laughs> standing on the ground and not pecking him. Maybe, maybe I'll start her. But, um, yeah, sorry, Wayne, you've, uh, you've made a fool of yourself, so see you later. There you go. See, just like just when he played, just when he played at his heyday, he just got to do it all himself. He has to go and sort of kiss his hand and then put his hand to his cheek. That's all he can do because he can't get any help off his off his missus or his line mates. As as the old saying goes, Dan, never meet your heroes and never watch your heroes try and kiss their wives because it's just going <laughs> to let you down. Very true. I'm going to relegate somebody as 
previously mentioned, but around them, you mentioned in your smooth recap the Coyotes, who have now sneaked into that wildcard spot. So because of that... Sneaky sneak. So because of that, I'm going to relegate the entire Western Conference around (laughs) Arizona, because Arizona, who have lost something like 400 days sort of play days of injuries are in the wildcard spot with a minus nine goal difference, which I just love. I just love that so much. And I hope, and I hope we get to the last day of the season. And I think the wild are the next, I think, I think the wild are just underneath Arizona. So I'm going to go yes. with the wild. <clears throat> and that they're the two, so they're the two closest teams to each other right now. And I hope they go into the last game of the season with an, an identical goal differential and identical points and that Arizona lose by less and therefore get into the wild card on a loss. Oh, mate, so say they lose, yeah, beautiful. like they lose three nil, but the wild lose wild the wild lose four nil, and therefore the Coyotes get in on a loss. I, that would just be perfect for the uh, for the Western Conference wild card this year. The um the problem with your um with your wonderful theory there, Dan, is that the Stars play the Wild on the last game of the season, so any chance oh. of them scoring four past the Wild is um, <laughs> slim. Let's say Arizona lose one nil then. And the stars beat the wild two nils. Two nil, yeah. I think we'll take that. What, one goal and an empty net. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, how many starters you got? I've got four starters. Holy moly! Okay, I'm going. You're going all out. You, yeah, you go. You go first then. Obviously. Uh, first, I'm going to start with T.J. Oshi. He's the first name on my sheet this week for his for his gallantry in protecting Ben Shearer from uh, from the scrum around him after he got laid out. Yeah, it's just just good to see, like genuine humanity. Like you know, big props to TJ Oshie's. He's gone up my uh, my list of of players that are nice boys. So um, yeah, thank you, TJ. Keep doing your uh, doing your thing and protecting these streets. <laughs> protecting this, protecting the cold ice streets. It's, it's cold out there. We need someone it with is. a warm heart to heat you up. Ah, oh, there we go. And it's T- mm. the man with the warmest heart, TJ Oshie. There we go. Timothy Timothy Oshie sorting us all out. I'll go next then. Es bueno que los equipos están abrazando a los español, which is yeah. my yeah. way of saying it's good that teams are embracing Spanish language announced oh, teams. Of course, of course, of course. With me as a as a current Spanish language student, even though I just murdered that pronunciation without question, the Kings and the Knights this week were two of the teams I noticed two have announced that they've now got full on Spanish announcers, which is good. Helps grow the game a bit more. I'm all for it. I'm not one of those hockey fans who is. Please like my sport. Please like my sport. Oh my God, you're not even a real fan. That's just, that's one of those things about hockey that drives me insane. No, get everybody in. I don't care if you started watching last week. Just watch it, grow the game. It's all good. Couldn't have said it better myself. Go on, what have you got next? Uh, next, I've got, I'm going to start a fan who whose name I only know to be Bud and his partner in crime, John Klingberg. I don't know if anyone's seen the video that's done around a little bit. Before every home game, I believe Bud is the season ticket holder. Uh, with Down syndrome, Bud's down at the glass for warm-ups. He's developed a bit of a relationship with John Klingberg, so at some point in warm-ups, Klingberg skates full pelt into uh, into the boards, jumps into the boards where Bud is. He's banging on the glass, and they have this little—I think they do like five or six fist pumps on the glass just to get Klingberg uh, ready for the game. And it's it's just nice to see that sort of connection between a player and a fan. And it's yeah, big up Bud, big up uh, John Klingberg. Fabulous. Yeah, it's a start of Scratches classic. We have to have a feel-good story in there, don't we? I've gone for two in a row. I don't know what's going on. Nice. Go on, what have you got next? Uh, next, uh, it's, it's only going to get softer, Dan. Um, I've got the Humboldt Broncos. Don't know if you've heard oh. of the Humboldt Broncos. Indeed. 
uh, making story, yes. making the playoffs in uh, in the SJHL for uh, for the fir- in the first season after their horrendous tragedy last season. Just nice to see the the club getting back on their feet, and I'm sure that means a lot to uh, to a lot of the survivors of that horrendous tragedy. Yeah, to everyone in the everyone in the hockey community, really, isn't it? Because it affected oh, absolutely us clearly other people way more but yeah it affected everybody really didn't it it was one of those things that everyone just thought Christ we've done these road trips a million times and thereby for the grace of God it wasn't us at that time so good stuff good stuff okay I'm going to start a single man Darren Dietz 25 year old defenceman for Barris Astana who did have a cup of coffee with the Canadians but never made his mark anywhere and he just sort of bounced around the AHL anyway this week he was in the playoffs the Gagarin Cup in the KHL, his team was tied at two ga- uh, two goals all and three games all. So it was game seven, going to the third Ooh. period. Darren does the mid-intermission interview and the announcer obviously asks him a question and he just says, you know what, we've got 20 minutes to go. Our lives are on the line. This game's on the line. Let's go. And he walks off just mid-interview. It was meant to be like five minutes. He did like 10 seconds. He just disappeared. He then goes on to score the series-winning goal in the third period. Oh, yeah, Perfect. Perfect. Can't, can't make it up. <clears throat> can't make it up. It's uh, comic book stuff. It was amazing. It's and the interview was good because the interviewer just kind of the interviewer just kind of was a bit shocked and then just laughed like, "Oh, that just happened." But yeah, comes up and scores the series-winning goal. That's powerful. So, so Barris Astana won the uh, Golden Cup. No, no, this was just to get. It was just through to get to just to get through oh, to the next the, round. The playoffs. I was going to say, yeah, oh, yes, that's. In my limited knowledge of the KHL, um, that's probably not going to happen. And then your last your last starter? Uh, my last starter is going to be um, a man who I'm a massive, massive fan of. I, I cannot sing this man's praises enough. Uh, Jeff Marrick of Sportsnet fame. I just want to give a massive shout out to Jeff for uh, for the very touching and moving eulogy he did for uh, Colin Kempfer at the end of the most recent 31 Thoughts podcast. I thought it was fantastic to... Um, very well said by Jeff, and, and just to to have the confidence to to put his emotions out there like he did. I think we need more of that in hockey. Hats off to Jeff and um, condolences. Absolutely, yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those things we've talked about in here before. Is that we're certainly not shy in coming forward with our emotions, and it's definitely something that it's definitely happening more now in hockey, isn't it? We're definitely seeing it a lot more. People talking about what's going on, how they feel how they're reacting to certain tragedies and that kind of thing. So, yeah, credit to Jeff. It was a, an amazing piece of uh, piece of audio. Okay, scratches. How many do you have? Uh, I've got one scratch. Okay, I've got two. So Ooh, I'm going to start with this one. With it, well, I think as we were talking last week about fans showing passion and how hockey rivalries, and as I, I will admit, because I'm a man who admits he's wrong, I worded this wrong in what I said in that hockey play uh, hockey fans don't understand the rivalry. What I should have said was is that hockey fans aren't absolute fucking numpties who decide to run on to the playing surface and punch a player in the back of the head, which is what happened this week in a football game between Aston Villa and Birmingham City, two teams from the city of Birmingham who are playing in a derby, and the fan decided to run onto the pitch. A Birmingham fan ran onto the pitch seemingly with no stewards around him and punched an Aston Villa player from behind in the back of the head. So I'm scratching this fucking idiotic moron for being an absolute bellend. And he's gone to prison for 14 weeks, which is hilarious because he decided that a football game was the time to 
go and punch an innocent person just because he wears a different coloured jersey. So there you go. It was amazing. What what Mike Milbury was doing in Birmingham, I have no idea. <laughs> but um, fair play. It's nice to see that the man has like a has a, has an identity. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, a bit yeah. They've not tried to hide it or anything like that, have they? They just look. Here's the guy. Here's this fucking moron. It's, he's been banned from football. To ten year yeah, ban, isn't it? Yeah, ten years banned from games. He's banned for life from Birmingham and any away games involving Birmingham. Gone to jail for fourteen weeks. He was working. He was, clearly going to lose his job he's got a wife and a kid like what do you know what i can understand it if he was like 19 or something because you just do stupid shit when you're young don't you and it wouldn't excuse it but you'd be like what a fucking stupid you know you can tell he's a kid what an idiot but this guy's like 26 27 like what are you fucking moron (laughs) could you not get any plastic snakes over there what's your your problem (laughs) (laughs) anyway oh mate what What have you got I've got a um, a platinum selling scratch, a uh, you know third repressing of this scratch. I'm going to scratch the Ottawa centres for the last time this season. <laughs> They're out of it. It's over. It's officially a lottery pick that is being given to the uh, to the Colorado Avalanche. If that doesn't deserve a scratch and, and getting knocked out of the playoffs this early, I I don't know what is. I just don't know what is. It is crazy though. It is crazy because somebody mentioned, oh, it was it might have been, it might have been Micah McCurdy that, you know, is is this a sense team the worst team he's ever seen? And he said, do you not remember a few years ago the Avalanche team that was terrible? And I was like, oh yeah, that team was worse than this team. This sense team in the history of isn't even that bad really in the history of hockey. But when you take off all the off ice stuff as well, then yeah, it's been a disaster. That's the thing, like um, on on ice product. All things considered, they're not that awful. No. I mean, they're bad, but they're not they're not historically bad. Yeah, I mean, they probably could have missed the, missed the playoffs by two points and still would have been considered one of the worst teams in history. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, that's so true. So for my last Who's scratch it? then... <clears throat> Go on, what have we got? Excuse me. So for my last scratch, I'm scratching Holden Anderson. Now, you may not know this name, but Holden Anderson plays in the French League... Is it Magnus, Magnu, something like that? I do not know. No idea. Anyway, he plays in France. He got into a fright with Julien de Rosier. I'm going to say his name is. I may have butchered that as well. I apologise. Sounds But as they're fighting, as they're fighting, Holden Anderson decides to sweep de Rosier's legs from underneath him. In in the typical jujitsu, I'm going to grab you by the shoulders, stick my leg out and force you to fall over it. As he does, Desiree goes onto the ice, gets immediately knocked out as his head hits the ice, and he also suffers a, a ligament sprain in his shoulder, which might keep him out for the rest of the season. So, Holden Anderson has already been banned indefinitely by his own team, and they're just waiting on suspensions to come down from the league now. If you've not seen this, you've got to find it. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that he does this. Because I just... I mean, it beggars... Almost as much as the the fan running onto the pitch, it just beggars belief what is going through this guy's mind. I've got no idea. There you go, scratching Holden Anderson. Yeah, I think uh, a big big old fuck off is due for uh, for Mister Anderson, and I think get out of there, mate. Nobody wants you. Yeah, there you go. Ah, Jesus! Oh fucking hell! All right, live scratch. I'm scratching spiders. <laughs> oh, we got, we got first the beetle. Now we got the uh, oh, now we got the spiders. Hang on. Fuck off. Here we go. Get off. Yeah, go. All right, he's got murdered by a spider. 
Yeah, I'm getting murked. They just take the piss. Can't be doing with them. Go away. Okay, he's gone. I've got it. I've got the video. Let's uh, let's have a look at this. Oh, okay, you're watching you, this video. You take us on and I'll... Uh, I'll... Oh, it's hockey fights. Of course it is. No, I, say, I don't like to talk too much in case I miss your live reaction. Oh, oh my God. What the <laughs> fuck? What's he doing? What's he doing? Oh, mate. It's like to the side as well. I know, I know. I just wonder... I always wonder... Clearly, people who do these things don't think. But I always wonder... <clears throat> What did you think was going to happen? You're on ice on a thin piece of metal. What did you think was going to happen as he went over? Did you think he was just going to land on his knees or something as you sweep about both his legs from underneath him? No. No, he, he thinks he's going to get away with it is what? Mate. Just fucking mad. Isn't it crazy, that? Oh, my God. Credit where it's due as well. Wyshynski um, posted that story. I didn't I didn't know it was... Like, he posted it, so I, you know, give him credit for posting that. No. I don't know how it's obviously someone was to send it to him, but yeah, that's why I saw it. Was uh, Wyshynski? I had um in a comp- not not a comparable video at all, but the video of the um the beer league goalie who snaps the guy's stick in half. <laughs> so so in this old Nansen video, the goalie of the other team goes to beat him up after he's t- attempted to assassinate the the guy who was fighting, and then similarly, the guy who had his stick broken by the goalie goes to beat the crap out of the goalie. Part of me thinks, like, yeah, if you're on the, the offending player's team, you shouldn't jump in. I should just be like, right, you've been... You've, <laughs> yeah. A, you've committed a hate crime or you've been a dick. You deserve to get the shit beaten out of you. There you go. <laughs> Chuck the code out of the window if someone deserves it. I know. It's that Jesus red mist we've talked about before, haven't we? We've talked about it before. When you step onto that plane surface, sometimes just all reasonable thought just disappears out of your head for some reason. And it's hard to explain it's uh some bad people out there <gasps> even bad people like to play hockey <laughs> even bad people like to play hockey that's true okay the news this week it's kind of a slow week until something absolutely blew up last night which was or the night before sorry which was the morgan riley situation so morgan riley <sighs> was Christ. yeah he, it was reported that he'd used an anti-gay slur during a game against the lightning there were two there were two issues with this at first. One was, okay, did he do it? The second one was people who were just clearly jumping on him immediately, sort of saying, well, he's done it, this is terrible, how could he, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out that he didn't. Now, we do have to be careful. I think we've mentioned this before, like videos, articles on the internet, you can't just jump in immediately with sort of a crazy take. Because if nothing happens, as as is in the case here, then you come off looking like a bit of a fool. Now, a little aside to this is, I'm just going to ask you, Will, are you happy with the NHL's explanation and the statement that came out from the NHL? Not particularly, to be honest. I'd rather... I'm much happier with how the Leafs have handled it than how the league has handled it. What the Agreed league has completely. said is, is not fundamentally wrong it's not it's what they what they have said is the issue sorry what they haven't christ alive do i even know how to speak english what it's fine they have again. Said, i can cut out remember no we'll leave, we'll leave in for posterity um what they have said is not the issue but what they haven't said is a bit of an issue and by that i mean they haven't they they denied that riley has said the use of slur which with with more recent things coming out, it does appear that he didn't actually use the slur, thank God. 
but the league didn't propose any alternative. They, they almost didn't acknowledge that it sounds very much like Ryder uses a slur or somebody on the ice has used a slur. There's no... I'll be careful of my enunciation here. The, the rag-it alternate that was sort of proposed and seems to have been bizarrely what has actually been said they didn't even acknowledge that yeah i would have much preferred the league had said look this isn't what happened you know it may have sounded like he used a slur but he categorically didn't what he actually said was this but they just leave it hanging and they say nah he didn't and then just leave it so yeah i don't think they did themselves any favors really no i agree I, i agree as well that i think the leafs handled it brilliantly especially Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas said that, uh, he, yeah, he just came across excellently. He said that while Riley and the Leafs were jumped on quickly, it's nothing compared to what victims of homophobia have to deal with every day. What I would have, Mike, is that, and talking to Morgan, is that I don't think the team or Morgan are, are victims at all. I don't want it to be perceived that Morgan feels that way or that, or that the team feels that Morgan was slandered. I think some people rush to judgment, and that's what happens in 2019. But there are... Uh, a lot of people in our community and people that we know or people who have family members and where, where they are affected by homophobia every single day in, in, our, in our community uh, and all throughout the world. And um, every time you know, it's even thought that those types of words are uttered in our facility uh, or anywhere, I think we have to do our part as the Toronto Maple Leafs to, to, use, this, um, to use this situation, to continue to do our part to rid casual homophobia, vulgar homophobia, things that make people uh, of any sexuality or sexual orientation feel uncomfortable and, and unsafe in our facilities. And I think that's, in talking to Morgan, he's of the same mind, and that's where, that's where we stand on it today. Saying that even though the leagues concluded nothing has happened and there was no problematic language, this should be used as a time of reflection and awareness. I think it's... Personally, I think it's great that we've got a younger GM who's at the forefront of this. Because mm, it yeah. is well known that Dubas goes on pride marches. He is, And the Leafs as well are very, very heavily involved. And Morgan Brown himself has been on marches and all that kind of thing. And while I don't believe all old people are homophobic or sexist or racist, you know, you know a lot of them are. I, I'm not going to... It's not an excuse, but... Their parents were part of a generation who hated people because of the way they looked, and their parents are passing that on to, to them. And you can't. <clears throat> we we've seen this before. Like I think I mentioned before that my wife's sister is gay, and so next year, uh, sorry, no, yeah, next year she's getting married to her girlfriend. And my wife sort of said, "Oh, like, do you think George is going to be okay with it? Do you think she's going to?" And I said, "You don't care. Like, kids don't care. If you don't make a big deal out of it, it's nothing." So we said to Georgia, oh yeah, so Auntie Lauren and Auntie, we call them Auntie Lauren and Auntie Shanine, but Auntie Lauren and Auntie Shanine are getting married next year. And she said, oh cool, can I, can I wear a princess dress? And we were like, yeah, of course you can. And that was all she said. Just, kids don't give a shit. It's when parents start infesting their kids' heads with this bullshit narrative that you get these problems. And the generation, and the generation above me, like my dad's generation, people around his age, their parents were feeding into that anti-everything fucking rhetoric and I think a lot of the older GMs maybe wouldn't have come across as well as Dubis or said as good things as he did or made the points as emphatically as he did that okay so Morgan Riley's been accused of saying something and he didn't say it that is nothing compared to what some people have to go through and I I think he did a really good job 
And I think you you combine not to just jump on the hypothetical of an older GM shying away from the situation, but you can see that you know their generational background combined with hockey culture could lead to many statements on along the lines of oh the league have made their ruling so that's that I'm not going to say anything more about it. Yes, yeah. Props sure. to props to do and and Dubas and the Leafs could have easily done that. They could have just said look it's not our not our um you know wash the hands of it it's not our decision sort of thing. But no Dubas stepped right into it and and power to him kudos to him and and to yeah. with with people piling on the the situation and the Leafs because I. Uh, you know, Riley or not, part of me does think that I'd rather see people pile on someone for potentially using a slur than the opposite of people just saying, oh, whatever, I don't care. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. Because the, the piling on shows that there is at least uh, a vocal majority of the community online, at the very least, who will not tolerate that sort of behaviour. No, that's a good and point. Not to say that, you know, I want I want people... Guilty until proven innocent, but on the situate on you know issues like this, which are really hot topics and you know very important things to get out of society, let alone our silly little games. Yeah, it's it's good to see that that people are willing to to call it out when they see it or hear it. In this case, definitely. I'm just gonna, <clears throat> in regards to the league statement, I'm just gonna throw this out there because I feel as a this is going to sound crazy, like I'm trying to say with some multinational or something. But as a show that's put out there into the world for people to listen to, I feel we have a duty to cover. I feel we have a duty to cover every base and every possible scenario. Do you feel there is any way, any way? Because I've I've seen two. I've, I noticed in a in a long thread of discussion after the ruling had come out, there was you know obviously hundreds and hundreds of replies on Twitter. People were saying that because this was the Leafs, the league are just trying to play it down and blah, blah, blah. Do you, do you believe in any of that at all? If this had been the Coyotes or the Stars, do you think it would have been different to this? No. No, no, no I don't think so. I think I Is think that you don't give... think so or you don't want to think so? Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're two different things, aren't they? I'd like Why to believe not it's not the case. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. No, I, I don't think, I don't think they would because, as much as it's a league made up of thirty-one different teams, the league itself is more concerned with its own image, and anything, you know, anything involving any of the member teams reflects back on the league, as much, you know, whatever it reflects on the team reflects on the league as well. So I think they would do their utmost to, to respond in the way that they do. They wouldn't. Yeah, if it was the Coyotes and, and any of the Coyotes players was accused of saying something, they wouldn't just say, oh yeah, he probably said it, you know, 40-game suspension or anything like that. No, because that's not going to reflect well on the league itself. And um, and given the situation that it was when we had it on audio, I think it would have been, yeah, I, it's not that it's cut and dry, but there's more evidence. It's not just, as as previously with like Getz laughing uh, and Andrew Shaw, where it's a bit more anecdotal. This yeah. is a bit more, yeah, cut and dry isn't the right term, but you know what I mean. Have they released? Have you heard that audio by the by the way? Yeah, I is have. It, is it out there? Okay, I've not listened. To, do you know what? I didn't listen to it. Is it? What do you mm. think? I mean, I, I I feel like I I've been quite easily swayed either way. Um, 
when I first listened, I was almost categorically, oh yeah, that is definitely someone saying what I think they're saying. But I, there, there's some more audio that's come out where you can hear from the bench. I think it was the, um, was it Lightning they were playing? Who were they playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was him and uh, I think it was Yanni Gord got tied up doing something, I think. For, from the Lightning bench, you can hear him saying, ragged, 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 in reference to Skate the Park. So I... Yeah, that it's, does it's make what, a difference then, doesn't it? Because if it, yeah, if he just come out and said rag it completely on its own with no context, you're like, why is he even saying that? What does that mean? That makes no sense. He's just trying to cut you now he's just trying to make up something to cover something. But yeah, if they're like they're saying that then yeah, that adds more to it, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 a very unfortunate situation of like timing and, and, and everything together. But it's it's I think I think the the parties involved have made the best of a bad bad situation. And it's and it's reassuring just to see that at least some members of uh, of the community are thoroughly thoroughly committed to to eradicating homophobia from the game. Yeah, definitely. I think as we've mentioned before, it's it unfortunately takes generations to clear these things out. And we are getting better as a society. But if you if you talk to a hockey guy who's it's like fighting or something. If you talk to a hockey guy who's sixty five years old. He's just not going to change his opinion on things. He's just not. He's going to say things about black players. He's going to say things about women. He's going to say things about gays. And you can tell him to you're blue in the face, like what you're doing is wrong, but they're just not going to see it. They're just not going to see it that way because of how they were brought up and when they were brought up. And it sucks, but that is just how it is. But on the other side of that, it is great that there's pride tape. People are making an effort. Like you say, immediately... A lot of online was, oh, this is terrible. You can't be saying these things. This is really bad, and and that's that's great. That's that's what we want to see. I think you make a great point to say that it's better to have somebody jump on somebody when they've said nothing than to just say, oh, did he say that? Ah, who cares? Well, you know, whatever. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Who gives a shit? So yeah, good. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, as as long as we get it right in the end, <coughs> I'll I'll take exactly hyper vigilance over um yeah ambivalence. Definitely. Now, what what I don't get, and what I've never understood about players using sexist remarks, anti-gay slurs, racist remarks, whatever, is it's not like there's any four swear words in the world. There are so many ways to insult other players that you shouldn't need to resort to homophobic or sexist comments or whatever. So I think, and I'm going to propose this, Will, as a, a job op- opportunity for me and you, and for the NHL, is that we're employed as swearing specialists because as working class Englishmen, I believe that we've perfected our craft of swearing. Because when I'm an NHL 19 well, and the computer decides it's their turn to win, and there's nothing I can do about it, <laughs> mate, it's like poetry. It's like poetry. So with that, I feel that if we could maybe run some conditioning camps for players... Let's go, to, 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 to rule out, let's call it as what it is, simple-minded idiocy, I think we should list our favourite words stroke phrases that hockey players can use on the ice to make hockey language better. Do you think yeah, we should... I'll, is this okay? Yeah? I, I think that's good. I've got a few, um, a few options prepared, actually. I, <clears> I don't know if you do. I've got a couple. Let's, I'm just going to shout out some oldies but goodies. You can never go on with fuck off, piss off, or you prick. I think those ones, you know, they're always quite good. I, do you know what's weird? Is I feel Americans, if uh, Americans, Canadians, if you can hear me, T-W-A-T is pronounced twat. 
not twat. Twat is weird. And I hear yeah. that all... The, yeah, twat is not anything. Twat is, like, that's gross. And it's the, it's the, it's the, it's that A. It, it's not an O, it's an A. So it's got to be an A. And it makes it more powerful and forceful. So just bear that in mind next time you use it, everybody. Okay? I'm, I'm helping you out here. So do you, do you want to start, Will? I'll let you run with this one first. I mean, I'd, my first um, submission to uh, the new glossary of hockey insults, um, it's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, a lot of mine are um, very family friendly. Dan, we want it to be family friendly. It's a family game after all. <laughs> well, one of them has to be because mine and none of mine are. <laughs> well, fucking hell. We're going to get, we're going to, get uh, a, 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 to play to 500 on the uh, family yeah, friendly scale. Um, a ninny. You can call your uh, your opponent a ninny. Uh, short for nink and poop. Uh, as an idiot of ridiculous nature. Uh, also known as a clown. Um, my uh, my example uh, to be used in the dictionary would be Zach Ronaldo. Is a ninny. <laughs> Zach Ronaldo is a ninny. Okay, this segment's going to be hilarious for two wildly different reasons. <laughs> because mine are just all disgusting. <laughs> On, and you're like, bring, bring, bring the toad down. What have you got? Yeah, you're like, oh, Radko Gudis, what a cad. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I, so I, I feel like the um, the, the sort of job spec for for this task may not have been clear enough. <laughs> I completely agree. I think when we were discussing the segment on WhatsApp, we should have made it much clearer. But I, I am taking on lines of, well, is it still hockey? And as we're still dumb idiot men in the NHL playing this sport, I feel that they're still going to want to swear and they're still going to want to offend their opponents as much as possible. I so I've I don't taken... Know, like, <clears throat> I, th- I think if you tell someone to fuck off, like, especially if you're a hockey player and you used to be in church since you were, since the day dot, uh, it just doesn't have the, the power and effect of, of these new insults that I'm going to bring into the league. I see, I, I see, I agree. But that's why I'm not going to go with the straight fuck off or, you know, you fucking dickhead or anything like that. I, I've put a bit of, not not spin on mine, but mine are a bit more thought out. So, for example, if you're a hockey player now and you use fuck off, okay, you're just going for, you know, fish and chips. Whereas with mine, okay, there's fish and chips, but you get some mushy peas, you get a slice of lemon, you get some tartar sauce, underrated, obviously. That, that's what I thought I should go with. So, my number five is you fucking ball bag. So... This is very simple, is that the pieces of skin around the testicles are fucking gross. <laughs> They're just disgusting. Because let's be honest, naked men in general just look weird. Speak they just look dead. Dude, a, a naked man just looks weird. I don't care what naked man it is. And I, but but I, the way I look at it is if I feel if a supreme being was modelling the first man and woman and they had, say, seven days to do it, the woman is all, it's all curves and smooth and soft and gentle. And with the guy, they did the same thing, but they had this bit of clay left over at the end. And they went, oh shit, where do we put this? And some went, oh, just stick it there in between the legs. Just stick it on, that'll do. Like, okay, then fine. And they just stuck it on. And ball bags are just, oh, they're just horrible. They're just horrible. So my number five is, you fucking ball bag. So there we go. That's Start nice. with me to go nice. on. Yeah. Okay, what have you got? My uh, my next submission going to be another another British classic, uh, Burke. Originally <laughs> used, so originally used as rhyming slang uh, for a most hideous mm. word, Dan, uh, which I won't re- I won't repeat. 
I won't repeat. Okay. I won't even give you the rhyme and slang for it. It's disgusting. Right, I never even knew. But now it's used used for a contemptuous moron. So not quite um not quite as belittling as Ninny. It's a bit more a bit more uh, vicious, such as you know, Tom Wilson is a Burke. <laughs> this game is so funny because it reminds me of when I went to I went to see my friend. My friend lived in Philadelphia for three years and he's moved back to England now. Oh, but his wife's come over. His wife's come over with him, and she's American. So we went down to London to see them, and we spent an hour teaching her sort of funny English phrases. So she, so then after, so the day after, she kept going, "Oh my god, where are all my gubbins and things like, "Oh my, oh cobblers, this is terrible." Wait, just, what's a what's a gubbin? Gubbins, gubbins is stuff. Like, pass me all your gubbins. Give me all your stuff. No, it's fucking not, mate. Oh, see, all of a twist. already, see, this is already, like, we've got a north-south divide, haven't we? I've just remembered. You, you don't understand the, the real language of the north of England. Gubbins. Yeah, gubbins. You fucking Dickensian bastard. <laughs> it's a bunch of gubbins. Bunch of stuff. Okay, number four. This matches up well with my previous choice. So I feel, if you maybe hit me with and I'm not looking, I can shout at you, you fucking cockend. Now, as much to my, as I said, match to my previous description <laughs> of ball bags, the ends of penises are gross. And I, I'm I feel talking. Like there's a bit of a, a Freudian obsession in these uh, in these insults here, Dan. No, because they're just blah, they're just horrible. Don't, dude. I'm talking specific. Hey, I watch porn. I've seen a male. I've seen a penis. I, I don't care. I've seen a penis but, on my top. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, an uncircumcised penis is maybe the worst thing in the world. Just wretch. Just, if I call you a cockend, I essentially view you as a cheese-filled, sweaty appendage that piss comes out of. That's not nice. That's not nice at all. Number four, you fucking cockend. <laughs> oh, mate, that's fucking... <laughs> Thank you very much for that one. Um... Thank you. My, my number three is uh, it's a classic. One of my favourites. One of my favourites. Knuckle Dragger. Oh! Dude! Ab- oh, a great Have choice. You- Thank you very much. Yeah, absolute Knuckle Dragger. Um, yeah, you're behind the times and you hold everyone else back if you're a Knuckle Dragger. You Milan are Lucic. Neanderthal man. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Milan Lucic, you are a Knuckle Dragger. Your, your brain has not developed. This, this is it. You're just you're just unable to keep up with uh, with the modern times. You know what's amazing as well is when, with knuckle dragger, it has to be preceded by absolute. You mm. never say you knuckle dragger. You absolute knuckle dragger. It has to be absolute in front of it. Yeah, you have to reiterate the fact that they are complete and utter knuckle dragger. This isn't just a momentary thing. Like they are, they forever have been and forever will be a knuckle dragger. Completely agreed. My number three. And this is as this is as British as tea and crumpets on the lawn with the Queen. You massive wanker! <laughs> it's as classic. Believe, Go on. I, I don't get how wanker hasn't caught on. Worldwide. It's unbelievable. It's on an episode of The Simpsons at like six pm prime time, and Homer's watching a show about some British pub, and he says to Bart, and then you have a fight with a wanker. And we're like, hang on, what did he, did he say wanker on TV? Like, you can't say that in England on TV. Oh, it's just not allowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you massive wanker. It's it's Queen. It's the Royal Albert Hall. It's the Beatles. Wanker is as British as it gets. And as I started to delve into the word and how it could be, and how it, what it could mean and how it could be used, 
I fully understood it. You are such a disgusting human being. You will never find love in the arms of anyone else. You're so gross, you have to pleasure yourself. That's the only way you can get any sexual pleasure on this planet, is by sorting yourself out. Number three, you massive wanker. That's your um, third phallic-based insult. Uh, 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 Hang on. Hang on a minute. Now who's behind the times? If you don't think girls can be wankers, my friend, you are very much mistaken. I mean, it's it's at least phallic adjacent, <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, it's phallic adjacent, but I've called girls wankers before. <laughs> Dude, I, my insults are 21st century. I will call, I'll call my wife a wanker all the time. Like, I don't care. How, how very progressive have you been? I'm very progressive. And she called, um, like, she'll call me a fanny and stuff like that. Like, it's not... <laughs> You know, that's, that's a good one. I should have had Fanny on my list. Yes, oh my God, we should have had Fanny. That's... But then you see, yeah, again, that's another classic British thing, is that Fanny means vagina, not bum. Whereas in America, it means bottom. So the I, first I, time I... I saw a show and somebody said, oh, I've, I've been spanked on the Fanny. I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Stead young. Yeah, someone's smacking you on the vagina. Why? I've been like, no, it means Fanny bottom. all day. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know. Like, what? All right. With with Fanny being left at the wayside, my number two is a Easter Island head. (laughs) That's amazing. If you're if you're familiar with the Easter Island heads, Dan, you know they are they are heads made of stone. Don't have any hands. Don't have any legs. So they can't skate. They got no hands and no skill. You're an Easter Island head. You're, ba- you're basically useless. Eric Branson is an Easter Island head. <laughs> Easter Island Eric. <laughs> oh God. Oh, poor Eric Branson, you Easter Island head. That's amazing. I feel as though as well is that the way the Easter Island heads look as well, they look as though they have that furrowed, complete... Not scowl, like that overhanging brow that Neanderthals have, that they're just completely thick and dense. I mean, I was, it's a bit of a one step further than a knuckle dragger. Like, a knuckle dragger has, like, the yes. ability, you know, there, there is an element of hunting and gathering with a knuckle dragger. They can at least Whereas walk it, upright somewhat. Yeah, and an Easter Island head is, is ultimately useless in every ah. way, shape, and form. It's fabulous. That's fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Well, number what's two. your number two, Dan? Is it? Yeah, is it number two. About penises again. It, no, it's the complete and absolute opposite, Will. Number two, we use this word all the time. Americans don't get it, and they hate it, and they think it's the worst word. Number mm. two, you couldn't. I can't I, believe I just, you've done this. I can't believe you've done this. Why? <laughs> well, I'll go, I'll go with my description anyway. Born, oh, of course, God. out of the a slang name for a female appendage, but to now it mean to me now... When I say you cunt, I'm not thinking of a vagina. It reminds me of so much more. It means to me now so much more. As an Englishman, the use of this word doesn't even relate to vaginas anymore. It's it's sort of transcended to a higher plane of existence in some way. <laughs> it's, it's evolved it's, it's, as, a, as a verbiage. Yeah, if, if you said to me now, like, you had to draw a cunt, I would draw some despicable-looking, monstrous creature type thing covered in, like, boils and there's pus coming out of it 
and it's just the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. That's that's what this word has become to me. On the flip side, though, of course, said in the right way, it's a term of endearment. And we in the North will use it <laughs> as, a, as a laughter piece frequently. Like, oh my God, he's such a funny cunt. We, I, I just... Interesting. Oh my god, I can't. Listen, I've said this. I've got to say it. <clears throat> my daughter's first swear word was "cunt." Oh. <laughs> right. I've got to tell this story now. This is one of those stories I've had saved up for a long time to to to, to spring on you, Will. And I never even thought about it, but now it's perfect. So, oh, Georgia was like four, maybe, and we were talking about different sounding letters. Uh, the, the way letters can have different sounds. So I said, well, G, I said, G, I said, your name is Georgia, which is J. I said, you can have G for garden. I said, it's still a G, but it's a different sound. She said, okay. She said, are there any others? I said, well, yeah, the C. I said, so C could be circle, like an S, but it's a C, circle. I said, you could have K, like, and she went, like cunt. <laughs> and I went, what did you say? And this was the funniest bit. She looked at me as though I just said to her, are you aware what the sky is? She gave me this look as though, like, what are you talking about? And she went, cunt? <laughs> like that. And I went, right. where have you heard that word? And she said, I don't know. And let me say, I will use that word. But I I am a thousand percent certain I have never, ever used that word in front of my daughter. And I'm almost certain my wife hasn't. But clearly, somebody within her earshot let that word slip out because we live in England and we are knuckle dragging Easter Island heads. I um, I mean, if I was going to draw the C word, Dan, just to take you back a couple of sentences, um, I'd draw a man by the name of Jacob Rees Mogg, but that's just me. Oh, fabulous! That, that is just me. Well done, Will. Fantastic political political commentary here on Two Bits One Pop. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very very timely indeed. Um, very timely indeed. I'm a, I'm a bit gobsmacked by that uh, by that George story. Not gonna lie. Oh mate, my jaw hit floor, the floor. That is something else, isn't it? Because the second swear word was quite funny because we were driving back from Chester, which is this little kind of city near where we live, and we had the window open, and she was sat in the back, and she said, "Can you close the window? I'm pissing freezing." <laughs> <laughs> which is again, I I try not to. I try not to laugh when she swears, but it's so funny. It is so funny because by the time she gets to, well, by the time she gets to high school, she'll be swearing like the rest of us because that's just how we are. I, you know, we try not to, but what can you do? It's just just how it happens. Just how it happens. So there we go. Well, you're number one. My number one. I haven't strictly done this in um in sort of any any ascending order, but I suppose it's, oh, okay. it's worked out quite well. My number one is chocolate jock. Or chocolate jockstrap. To imply that someone is as useful as a chocolate jockstrap. It was also previously used for the short-lived Braveheart Easter eggs, but now I've repurposed it. Um, <laughs> so, Cody McLeod, you're a chocolate jockstrap. You're about as useful as a chocolate jockstrap. You're about as useful Maybe. as a soluble life jacket. That's another one I like. <clears throat> any, any, any sort of as useful as will, uh, will do. Yeah, me. they're always good. Yeah, they're always good, those, aren't they? My number one is not even that bad compared to the things I've just said. But I realised I, I went for consistency and volume. It's not even my favourite, but I it is my most productive. And I use this way more than I ever realised. 
because I asked my wife for help on this. And I said, you know, when I'm getting angry at people, what do I say? And she said, oh, you say this all the time. You don't even realize you're saying it. I use all the time, you absolute shithouse. All the time. I, I didn't even realize. Shithouse. It's one of the simple really ones. Aussie. I know. It's one of the simple ones as well. The, again, the general the general feeling of this is, is I imagine you, the person insulting, you are such an annoying person that you're just a house that's full of shit. Not only that, but you are the absolute. You're a house that's full of shit to the to the greatest possible degree. So, yeah, number one, you absolute shit house. Who knew? A surprise, so, I think. So would that be a, a house full of shit or um, made of shit? It's, it's a house full of... So the house has been built well, but they're so bad, they've infested it so badly, it's now not livable because it's full of shit. Nice. That's... That's good. I, th- I think we've covered all the bases there, really, haven't we? I think we have. That concludes our reconditioning course, NHL players. If you'd like to go back to your clubs now, you designate... And the ones that are those that are designated to pass on this information, if you can do so in a timely manner, that would be great. Thank you. Be, uh, be very useful and uh, much appreciated. <laughs> there we are, then. <laughs> I loved how we went to... Dude, I didn't even occur to me to do that the other way that you've done it. <laughs> It's a it's a great um great human experiment really that isn't it like how uh, I think it yeah it, it clearly shows which one of us is northern. I mean yeah I, I don't know I just didn't think I thought we were trying to go anti swearing but um even then my my swearing's not really that um that creative I'll just say fuck a lot really so um no you see I'm I'm very creative I'm very and again I I produce a lot of swear words around this house and when I'm in the car <laughs> I mean in the in the car it goes without saying doesn't it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like in the car. I feel like thrown in the car deserves some kind of, not anonymity. What's the word? Where it should be allowed at all times. It should be no. If someone's in their car and you're in your car and you know that they've mouthed something really bad to you, you have to. That's that's fine because you're both in a car. You have to let them have it. Yeah, you're in your weird. Especially if you're on your own in the car, like you're just in this weird little bubble. Like, oh yeah, for you sure. Just get away. Get away with what you want. Listen to whatever you yeah. want. Swear what you <laughs> it's want. Like, yeah, the inside of the car is just a land of disgrace, isn't it? There's no like everyone's up for like everyone's up for for trouble and pain and misery in a car. <laughs> so you never let anyone else in your car, so they can't see all the all the filth you're living in. That's true. Oh dear. All right, then let's move on. Move on to two suspensions from the past week. Uh, Jake Voracek and Jack Eichel both suspended. Both get two games. Oh, Soderberg gets laid out. And a penalty coming up on Buffalo. And a lot more anger now at the red line as Soderbergh was hit up top. He's red hot too. Metropolitan Division, top five teams. Interference is separated by 10 points. And Voracek is going to have to answer for that one. Josh Bailey was the first to grab him. The linesman trying to do their best to keep him away. Which, as we discussed this, I, I, feel, I feel one of these players is very unlucky. Especially unlucky to get the same punishment as Radko Gudiskov for swiping his stick at Nikita Kucherov's head the other week. Jake Voracek is... Oh, you're not sure, are you? Well, it depends who you think is unlucky. Well, let's, get, let's go with that then. I think Jack Eichel's a bit unlucky. I can sort of see it. I'm watching it again now. Like, I think on the initial contact, if you're watching it full speed initially, you're like, oh shit, that's terrible. But then I think on the reverse angle, when it's slowed down a bit, I guess he doesn't try to move out of the way. But I feel it's more 
part of it is more Carl Soderberg sort of skating into his skating into him rather than him making an effort to get into Soderberg. Do you think? I, or not? I sort of know what you mean. Like Soderberg leads with the head, sort of as, as perverse as that sounds. Yeah, I, th- I think the problem is that like Eichel goes for a hit there at all. Like that's not a good position to go for a hit. For yeah, you know, the 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 big hitter that I am, um, <laughs> the, the punishing checker. I'm, I'm basically um, Nicholas Cromwell. Re, uh, re, I was going to say regurgitated. That's that's bloody disgusting. Regurgitated. Um, <laughs> oh God. And, uh, I I don't think Eichel should have been going for a hit in that position at all. So I th- I think that's where it's where I get what you're saying. He is unlucky that he's he's hit. Soderbergh in the head and I don't think he necessarily meant to hit him in the head but at the same time you can't give him the benefit of the doubt where he's doing something he shouldn't have been doing anyway I think it's more actually speaking of that last segment the word regurgitated you saying that is the worst thing I've heard on this show so far and considering that last segment that's that's something (laughs) I'm I'm quite impressed by that yeah it wasn't that Jack Eichel got a suspe- or you know he got a suspension. I think if he'd got a game, I would have been okay. I think it was that he got the same as Voracek, is what gets me. I think that he's unlucky to. If you've not seen the Jake Voracek play, that's it's insane, it's insanity. Again, what is he thinking? What's he doing? I assume people, if you've not seen it, because you might not have seen it, it's Flyers Islanders. If you've got no no dog in the fight, why would you watch it? I don't know, but. Is the pucks in the it's in the Islander zone or the or the fly zone? I can't remember now. Uh, in the Islander zone, Islander zone gets played into the corner. The puck is coming towards Jake Voracek, who's got his back to Johnny Boychuk, and Jake Voracek just stands still, looks around, waits for Boychuk, and then just launches himself backwards in, into Boychuk's face. Yeah, and I feel whereas, go on. I was, I was going to say, he, he steps into, like, the reverse hit. Yeah. And it, if, if he'd have taken the same step towards the puck, <laughs> he'd have got it, no question. Like, yeah. If it, you say he was standing still, if he'd have been moving to try and get the puck, he'd have had that puck, no questions asked. That, yeah. Just loopy. I, 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 it's not the same as a lot of hits you label this way, but I think that's that's a predatory hit. I, I agree completely. You look you look at the replays. Forrest Chuck can give a fuck where the puck is. He's more interested <laughs> in boy Chuck. He's but, like it's um, almost like he's like, what's that black thing on the ice? Oh, who gives a shit? Oh, here comes a guy. Cow! Oh, what are you doing? Don't trip over the puck. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just just play the puck. Mate, it's yeah, it's it's loopy. It's loopy. With, with the one last thing on the Jack Eichel, Eichel suspension, I yeah. I'd imagine because what he got two games, didn't he? Yeah, they both got two games, which is why I think you know, which is why I think is a bit strange. I think I think the Eichel one must just be because it was a head hit, like it's almost an automatic two game, isn't it? That sounds like something that might be true. That's fine. Okay, so if Eichel gets two, that's fine. But in my opinion, then Voracek should get three, four, five, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. To me, they're both. To me, they're both. How can you look at those and say they're both two game suspensions? I don't get it. One is clearly way worse than the other. I think no matter what Eichel got, like yeah, Voracek is such a. You talk about avoidable. Christ alive! <laughs> I'll say <laughs> Av- avoidable and unnecessary. It's just like yeah, horrendous. I feel. I feel the Voracek hit is the equivalent of when you cheat on somebody and you say it just happened. 
<laughs> you just happened to fall over and your penis landed in another person, did it? Yeah, sorry, okay, sorry yeah. That. Whatever. Yeah. You know, you know how these things go. You know, it goes. It just happened. I just saw a giant man skating towards me in a bright blue uniform, and I thought, I know, I'll just thrust my back and my shoulder into his mush. Like, I what had, are you I doing? I had no other choice, ref. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, the ref says to him, what are you doing? He's like, what was, what was I supposed to do? Play the puck? Come on. Like, Got you're mad, it. aren't you? So, but then the funny thing was, was that sort of Boychuk now is, that's it. He, he, he sort of skates off, doesn't he, yelling at Voracek, pointing at him, like, he says, that I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. <laughs> like, like, oh, shit. I'd... I love how Boychuk in, in the space of five seconds goes from like looking really scary on the ice and like being even when he's being held up it's like oh shit like Johnny Boychuk has been fucked to yeah seconds later the camera's just on him and he's spewing this like <laughs> I'm gonna kill you I'm gonna oh you, you done messed up there boy <laughs> get outside boy and cut me a switch but you go back to get punished where's my slipper as, as, like, he, like he shakes his head like a dog's like right I'm all back together. Now I'm going to kill yeah. this motherfucker. <laughs> he has, he's just crashed into the fridge a la Tom and Jerry and he's got the bird circling his head and he just kind of goes like that and then he's fine again. He just does a scowl and he starts chasing Wojciech. <laughs> and then Wojciech okay, after see. the game says he's says that Boychuk's skating at him like it's WrestleMania or something. Like, no, dude, you just fucking crushed him for no reason. Of course yeah, fu- you'd be pissed enough. off. Yeah. Gee. How can you use a WrestleMania analogy when you've just put on such a staged thing, such a prepared <laughs> for act of violence? I know, just ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's fucking awful. And uh, unsurprisingly, the league have yet again dropped the ball on the length of the suspension. I know that's the problem with player safety. It's not that they do the. It's not that they make dis- decisions or not. But you know, when you see these two hits, you just think, how are they? They're not the same thing in any way. They just. They almost, like you say, they just look at the rule book and went, oh, hit to the head, no, two games, that's it. What happened to the boy check, come on, boy check, hit, hit in the head, yeah, cool. Oh, two games, yeah, two games, that's fine. And that's it, and you just think, come on, guys. You know, you, there's got to be some more here, surely, but, you know. I, I think with the Voracek one, it was um, it was looking at the at the hit, and like, oh, that's nasty, and then looking at how many games are left in the uh, in the season, like, oh, well, that's nasty too. We, uh, oh, we can't take him out for the rest of that. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Two, two, two games, yeah, there you go, two games. See you later. Yeah, there you go. Did you see, speaking of angry, did you see Malcolm Subban getting in the ref's face? No, no, I haven't. <clears throat> now, see, I'm not sure if... It? Yeah, I'll let you I'll let you have a quick look for this. It's, it's, on, um, it's on YouTube, so you can just go on and find it. This is after the Golden Knights played the Flames of the night, and uh, Subban concedes a goal. And I'm pretty sure that it's a goal with about five seconds left in the period or something like that. And he goes right up to the ref, and he is his grill is sort of an inch away from the ref's face and you can tell he's letting the ref have it and I am stunned I as far as I know as far as I know nothing's happened to Malcolm Subban after this and I am really surprised I'm really surprised that like you get players you see players talking back to refs and you know the the, the liners all the time and stuff sort of you know questioning things or saying oh come on that's ridiculous but they they never just kind of go face to face and sort of bark at them like a dog you call him Malcolm Subban a dog? What? <laughs> I don't know. Like he was in his face, like rah, rah, like, like Jesus Christ. I um, uh, I hate to mug you off here, Dan, but um, the oh, the, pi- the picture you've painted is not quite as theatrical as I was hoping for. Like he's got it in his face, but I think he's he's just getting a bit close. Yeah, but have right. you seen a play do that before? Like right no, in his, no, like no, in the he's ref's not. face. 
he's not like nose to nose like what 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 are you gonna do sort of thing well of course it's not well because he's got his fucking hockey mask on <laughs> like he's as close as he can be with a mask on yeah it's just getting closer he can hear him <laughs> it's a it's a heated, it's a heated moment but I don't do, if, if you're saying that's suspension worthy you're like you're off your rocker not suspension worthy but I was I don't know I've just maybe I've not maybe because it was a goalie or something maybe the visual looks different in my brain I don't know but it just it just seemed to me like fucking hell like you don't see that kind of thing all the time and it really kind of mm. caught me off guard yeah I know what you mean I, I could see like so he hasn't had a fine or anything not as far as I know I couldn't find anything so that's what I thought maybe like a little slap on the wrist or something like that a little ten grander for unsportsmanlike or respect the ref and all that yeah, that's what um, I thought. So yeah, that, clearly, the, clearly the way I painted it to you was that he had the ref at an armbar and the ref was tapping and Malcolm Subban wouldn't let go. No, I, I was thinking he'd um, he'd shed his glove and his blocker and was holding the ref up by his jersey against the glass <laughs> saying, you will overturn that goal right now. <laughs> or else. Or, or else. Or else he'll give you a knuckle sandwich. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, there was no, no threat of such a, such a dining experience. There was no threat of a sandwich with said knuckles inside. Go on. Yeah, un- underwhelming. Well, <laughs> I apologise. Yeah, I don't think you should be. You All should right, be apologising. Fine. fine. A quiet GM's meeting, which we didn't touch on last week, but a couple of things I found interesting coming out of it. They looked at somehow speeding the game up, looking at video reviews where refs had the chance to use it, not just for coaches' challenges. I still don't get why, and this happens in all sports with sort of, what's the word, video sort of capabilities. No, with VAR. Well, yeah, exactly. Is that the second anything happens, the the people in a room are looking at that situation immediately and just saying to the ref straight away in his ear, yeah, that's a penalty, or yeah, that's offside, or that's goal interference, or whatever. Just to just to help the refs out a bit instead you have the refs coming over and looking at the you know the 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 Tommy leap pad for 5 minutes and they they discuss the speed of the game at the, at the gym meeting and how to make the game a bit quicker that's one way for sure is that sometimes i understand even the guys in the the video room or whatever can't immediately determine something that's fine but sometimes you look at things oh yeah that's obvious like immediately okay yeah he's offside or whatever just have the ref have a little earpiece in or something and the second it happens they can just say, oh, I'm just goal. Yeah, goal. Okay, yeah, good. Good goal. It's fine. You know, they don't always need to go over and look at the thing, I think. Like, if, if we're already going to, to video assisted replay, like, it, that in itself is taking the decision out of the ref's hand. Why not just take the whole decision out of the ref's hand? You're, you're almost admitting by going to, well, obviously not with challenges, but with certain things, you know, you're admitting, I can't decide for myself. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't had a good enough view. So just soil the pride and, and speed up the whole situation, like you say, just bam. Because there's, what, seven, eight, nine, ten people in the war room? So it's not like going to take very long to, uh, to to get it sorted. The other thing that they discussed was was goalies icing the puck. Oh, sorry, or goalies freezing the puck, for example. <clears throat> Which is, as somebody who, as we mention all the time, we come from a football background, is that back in the day, you could you could pass the ball from a defender to a goalie the goalie could pick up the ball and waste 10 seconds. It didn't make any difference. What they then said was that goalies no longer could pick up the ball from their own player. They would have to play it out with their feet. And I love the idea. I love the idea that 
I don't know, a puck's cleared down the ice from a defensive zone or something and a goalie can't freeze it. He has to play it with his stick. Oh my God. That'd be so... And again, there'd have to be a rule setting because you can't just have a scrum and the goalie's trying to swipe the puck away with his stick. You have to be able at some point to pick it up or stick his um, stick his mitt on it. But I think that's something they should definitely look into. If you're behind... Like, say you're behind the red line or something like that and it's cleared, then the goalie has to play it. He can't just, you know, stick his mitt on it. Yeah, funny old rule. Like I never knew the uh, passback rule was relatively new. When when did it get in uh, installed? It was around the time of the Premier League starting, so it was around ninety one, ninety two. Uh, I would say early nineties kind of thing. And I, I, yeah. I just always assumed it was one of those ones like since the dawn of time sort of thing. No. Funny, yeah, that's, it? it was strange back in the day. You could like I say you could pass the ball around the back and give it back to the keeper. He just pick it up and sit on it for two minutes. That's disgraceful, so, isn't it? Think of all the quality own goals that we were robbed of. <laughs> Oh no, goalies fl- That's what I mean. Imagine in hockey, a goalie just fluffing his pass or something, or he's got to play it and he just, I mean, he whiffs on it and it goes into the net or something. That would be so great. Because it would develop a new breed of goalie. Because I've said before, aside from goalies then realizing, oh, we can now do the butterfly position, goalies haven't really changed that much. There's nothing else for them to do. I mean, there there are and there have been puck handling goalies. That's why we have the bloody trapezoid back there. The tra- yeah, of course, of course. But there's not there's not been much change. Has the goalie, goal, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's a, <laughs> what, he's a, he's he used to be a, a GM for the Blues. Oh, um, that guy. Okay, yeah, that guy. GM. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean like I don't know you, you even like the elite puck handlers, you know, quote unquote. Player, players like Ben Bishop and, and Mike Smith to an extent there there's not yeah I, I know what you're getting at it's not quite evolved where you've got a third defenceman back there yet yeah, yeah the, exactly we, we haven't had the sweeper I suppose, keeper I suppose, yeah but well Bradeau was the sweeper keeper but since oh the, yeah true since the um, the lockout we haven't had the, the sweeper keeper 2.0 in hockey but I think as well is that if it's a, obviously if it's a league wide rule that if the puck's cleared from place X or whatever that you have to play it <clears throat> pardon me you will see then more obviously then more goalies will have to become stick handling goalies it's not just going to be one goalie doing it because he was good at it every goalie then will have to be good at it and it'll become part of their game and little things like would their would their equipment change to make it easier for them to stick handle would their would their stick their stick would change maybe somehow it would change all sort of defensive positions and I don't know I thought it'd be I think it would seem like a small thing but I think it would be a massive. It would obviously be a massive shake-up to the league and and sort of play in general. I think that'd be a good thing. At at the moment, um, yeah, like you say, stick handling goalies are they're not a necessity. No. So it's just a pure pure oddity. So you know, players can get goalies can get away with not being able to touch the puck at all. And I, th- I think it would be interesting to see to enforce that sort of evolution of the goaltender's role. Now the only issue, the only issue would be is that if a goalie does freeze the puck, what's the penalty? Because obviously you can't do what you do. Because obviously you can't do what you do in football, which is have a free kick from four yards out or whatever. You can't do that. So I don't know what it would be. Wait, like a minute, be, if, like a delay of game penalty or something. Like a minute it, delay it, of game it, or yeah. something. Like a no, small thing, be, but not. It'd have to be full full two minutes. If we're doing delay of game indiscriminately for two minutes, whether you whether you meant it or not. You can't not yeah, do a true. two minute for that sort of thing. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, for the puck over the glass, sometimes you're not even 
you're not trying to do it, are you? It just goes over, so that's two minutes. Yeah, you're right. It'd have to be two you minutes. Just, you just fluff it, yeah. Because and and freezing the park would be wholly deliberate. Oh, dude, can you, that'd be. Oh God, sorry, goalies. I'm not trying to actually. <laughs> I've just realised putting so much more pressure on goalies. If you're tied at three all or something with two minutes to go and you freeze the puck by mistake and now you're on a power play and it's your fault. Oh God, now you're on a penalty kill. Sorry, and it's your fault. Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> don't don't apologise to goalies. In in every sport, there are two people who are very much two types of people who are very much anti the sport, Dan, and that's the goalies and the refs. So, stuff them. Well, can you guess what position I like to play in football when I was in, when I was playing for my team? Of course, of course, he played goalie. Of course, I played goalie. Of well, did, of course, I did. Lunatic. That's right. We are crazy. We're all we're all bonkers. It's true. There's a goalie union. The goalie union is a real thing in all sports. I also played goalie in uh, field hockey as well. Oh, that's even even more like insane. It is, and it is crazy. It's a crazy position to play because there's people before you're not training with your friends. You just train on your own, and people are just blasting objects at you all day, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I'll stop all these. Who cares? And, yeah, and you're training. You're training to you're anti the sport. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, if you're a goalie, you hate whatever sport you're playing because you want to stop all the fun. <laughs> when you put it like that, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> but getting back to the league thing, it is in a good place at the moment. I think goals are up for, I think it's the most of goals in over 10 years. Goals per game in over 10 years. Comeback wins, highest in history. I think at 12% or something, 12% multi-goal Sort of deficit come from behind wins, so Jesus Christ, yeah, most in history. I, I didn't realize this season. I've, I said to you that this season clearly it's true, but for a long time, we're getting a lot of. I mean, Christ, what was that cargo score the other night? Was it nine like last night? Was it nine three or nine four or something? Oh, There's been loopy. There was like loopy. I think night, night before that, there was an eight one and an eight two game, like uh, uh, Blue Jackets Bruins was seven four, like it's fucking ridiculous, just goals everywhere. Yeah, it feels like it's moving in the right direction, and and you'd hope that you know with Seattle coming in, a thirty second team, that's going to even further dilute the sort of talent pool, if you will. So you're going to get worse players coming in, and more chances for the better players to exploit those worse players, which means more goals. You're calling me anti-sport, and you're getting excited for worse players in the league. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, want, I want to see Conor McDavid go up again. I want to, I want to play against Conor McDavid now that it's tele- televised. Because that would be fantastic. He'd score 75 goals in the first period and everyone would love it. Turning out for the Vancouver Canucks tonight due to the massive dearth of player availability. Well, Everett from East Anglia, England. <laughs> Playing right wing. <laughs> Playing all positions. <laughs> yeah. And uh, nothing new in regard to the CBA either. Uh, Gary Bettman said he was very happy with the league. He's still saying all the right things. He wants it to be progress. Talks are ongoing, obviously. And we all look forward to the lockout that's on the way because that's what's going to happen, right? And just because Gary is saying that he doesn't want to lock out doesn't mean that he doesn't want to lock out. Yeah, does exactly. Does exactly. Because he, he knows for a fact that the players definitely want to lock out this time because of escrow and the Olympics and other, other such issues. So he knows he can happily sit back and play the nice guy and say, oh, I love the I love the league, I love the NHL, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, everything's perfect, it's all hunky-dory, knowing for a fact that he's going to get the lockout that he so willingly desires. And he's going to put it, you know, set the players off on the back foot because they're going to look like the bad guys, etc. 
Yeah, I'm buzzing for it. I've never never lived through a lockout myself, so I'm quite excited for it. Oh, it's amazing, Will. Let me tell you. It's uh, fabulous. Gonna it just becomes really... a bunch of slanging matches between either side. I'm just looking forward to for the um, personal development I'll be able to get onto in that season. <laughs> I've learned a new language. I've decided to retrain for my career, all that kind of thing. Uh, no, I was thinking more um, play through all the Pokemon games, one after the oh, other. okay. Well, that works as well. You can still put it on your CV. I think it's just as impressive. Arguably Indeed. more useful. Speaking of putting things on your CV and being impressive, well, man versus coin flip this week. Oh, man. What's the most you've ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. It's going straight on my, uh, straight on my CV. And it's going down to the wire, this is, because you're still level. 42 points each. You both got three games right last week. That that coin is a formidable opponent, Dad. I'll tell you that. It is a formidable opponent. It also shows the absolute topsy-turviness of the league. In that I remember, I, can't, I think it was Cody's Flames, and you were just like, well, there's no way that this team can win. And then <laughs> the complete opposite happened, obviously, because that's what happens. But, I've said to you before, Dad, about um, needing to write my takes down. So I, I ended the last... last um, <coughs> Last episode by slagging the coyotes off and saying there's no way they can beat the beat the flames, and then coming into this episode by saying all oh, they're in the, they're in the wild card space to watch out. We love a bit of the coyotes. <laughs> we do indeed. In in like you know, in 15 minutes time on ice time on podcast, I've flip flopped on my take, which is a record even for me. That's what we have to do. We have to just cover as many bases as possible by saying a completely hypocritical things the week after. Throw enough shit at the wall and expect exactly yeah. listening week to week that we'll never be pulled out on it. <laughs> yeah, our listenership is so random that people are jumping and go, "Wow, these guys really know what they're talking about." But the week after, they don't listen to the bit where we admit we were completely wrong about those things. <laughs> so, so we right, basically then. got um, got Joe and Danny from Sheffield as our two invigilators to call us up on <laughs> on being idiots. It's true. Shout out to those guys, hey boys. <laughs> All right then, Maple Leafs Blackhawks. No, I said I'm. I said I'm going to go chalk for the rest of the season. Maple Leafs. Okay, Senators Blues. Blues. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> such a you are such a bastard. The Blues. Okay, I think I pick. I think I pick really good games. I think I always try and pick really good games. Okay, uh, you, you pick like it feels like you deliberately pick games that are just going to get straight. You know that I'm going to get into my own head. <laughs> Oh, but but what if? Well, I do, I do, I do. I honestly, I honestly don't just pick random. I do honestly pick games. That I think, okay, let's see if this one. All right, here's another one: Blue Jackets Hurricanes. Oh, that's that's a genuinely hard one. Um, that's a six pointer. That is a six pointer. Abs- I mean, four, four pointer, Dan. But yeah, the the sentiment still stands. Um, ah, six pointer. <laughs> get- the maths still adds up. Well, it's still two points, two points, two points. That's still <laughs> six. <laughs> If it, if it goes to um, if it goes to overtime, that's definitely a six pointer. I've got to go Hurricanes because they're on an absolute tear at the moment. All right, Jets Flames, Jets, without a doubt. Wow, you went really quick on that one. I'm that one oh, surprised just... me. I'll be honest, that was ridiculously fast. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big Jets fan and I'm a big uh, Flames detractor. In case you haven't heard, that's what I think. That's my one consistent take throughout the season that the Flames are not as good as they are. Yeah, I guess you're right, actually. You are right, yeah. Okay. There you go. And then, uh, to round off, Flyers Canadians. That's kind of hard, but for like a sort of meh reason. 
Um, I'm going to go Canadians because the Flyers aren't having any luck this season. So I'm going to uh, going to go with uh, Let Albertant. Okay. There we are, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can, as always, on Twitter. I am at Dan Street Edge. Well, you are at W E V E V E R E T T. At Two Bits One Puck, number two, number one. Cheers, folks. Will, any last words? I, I want to do some very late um, scouting on my opponent in uh, in Man vs. Coin Flip. What coin are you using, Dan? <laughs> I've told you this before, it's a 2p. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course it's 2 Solid, solid flipping coin, that. <clears throat> it is, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I said. It's a uh, good flip, solid. It's been through some hard times. It knows how to win. It's got grit, Will. It's got grit and intangibles, a 2p. It's been through the ringer plenty of times to know what to do to win, so... I'm more of a 10p kind of guy for a flip, but it's a little bit heavier. It might, it might be a touch smaller, but it's got that weight for a good flip. I like a 10p, but I feel it can be a bit fancy at times. A new 10p looks like you've just found, like, it feels like you've just found, like, the lost treasure of the Sierra Madre. You're like, oh my god, what are these? Look at this 10p, it's ridiculous. Whereas, in, whereas even a shiny 2p is still like, oh, that's chumps, that's for fucking shit people, that is. Look at it, 2p, who cares? Whereas a 10p has that glisten. I'm not all about that. You know me, Mr. Intangibles, I need the grit, I need the 2p. You've really exposed why you were so obsessed with the um, with the taxes being applied to pay contracts at the start of the show. <laughs> about man who's split the difference between 8p and, uh, 10p and 2p. Um, I used to work in finance, dude. I, I, I had an interest in money at one point in my life. <laughs> By that, do you mean you were like, collecting 2p's in a shoebox? <laughs> yeah, but only the grubby ones. The dirty ones, got the clean ones got thrown away. <laughs> Ugh, I can't collect this. I can't take this uh, down to the bank. All right. Okay, folks, on that, we'll end it. We'll see you later. Take care. Peace. Peace.